All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. And happy Friday. We've got a great show for you today. Very lucky to have joining us from the House Judiciary Committee, one of the most influential members in the House Freedom Caucus now on House Judiciary. He's also one of the first lawmakers to take a whack and try to get rid of a federal agency in its entirety. That's right. We're actually starting to eliminate alphabet soup agencies. Joining us at the front end of today's show, Congressman Ben Klein from my home state of Virginia. Congressman Klein, a major player on the FISA reforms that need to get done post-Russia collusion, post-Carter Page. He's also trying to eliminate a federal agency in its entirety. Just get rid of it. Don't need the money. Don't need the workers. Don't need the policies. Well, he introduced that legislation yesterday. Big news all across Washington. It came just a few hours after Kevin McCarthy and Republicans scored a major win in the House by passing a law that raises the debt ceiling, but also takes trillions of dollars out of the budget over the next decade. Yep. Saving your tax dollars, saving that overtaxed Uncle Sam credit card that we've been abusing egregiously, particularly the last four or five years and particularly the last two years under President Joe Biden. So Congressman Klein's going to be here. He's got a lot of news to cover, hearings, guns, border, because soon a major immigration legislation is going to come up from Republicans. We haven't seen something like that since 2017. A really busy uh, agenda and and one that actually is very synced to what Americans are asking be addressed. So we're going to have that at the top of the show, a very robust conversation. Then the former chairman of the California Republican Party, a man who has a, a lot of wisdom about not only politics, but also about foreign policy, particularly when it comes to the Russia-Ukraine war. Ron Nehring's here. You'll love him. Ron Nehring is really an expert. And I think he finds that right middle ground between where Tucker Carlson and some of the libertarians were on Ukraine and where some of the war hawks like Rubio and others are. He's got it right. And he helps explain in a better way than the Biden administration has what the American interest is in this conflict and how we can do it in a way that doesn't bust the budget, but does protect the globe and the American interest 
in Europe. And I think that that'll be fun because we've all struggled to hear anything from the Biden administration about why we're doing what we're doing in Ukraine. What's the end game? What's the objective? What's the definition of victory? Where's our money going to? How do we avoid the corruption that goes on in Ukraine? What do we do to avoid a, a global conflict with either China or Russia? The Biden administration has fumbled, bumbled, or just silenced its way through that debate. Ron Nehring has some really interesting perspective, uh, perspective on how a Ronald Reagan or a Donald Trump would deal with this moment in history. And I think it's worth listening to that. So we've got two amazing guests back to back on the show today. Now, we also have broken a ton of news since the last time we talked, and most of it involves the Hunter Biden investigation. So I want to get you up to speed on all of the developments, starting with a very important interview we did with James Comer yesterday. You're going to get to listen to that over the weekend. Our weekend podcast is going to have that. But Comer said he's very concerned about witness intimidation. Some of the people around Hunter Biden or in the Democratic circles are trying to intimidate him and other congressional investigators, banks that are cooperating, witnesses are cooperating. He literally said, we have witnesses who fear for their life. They don't want to come forward. And he put a very stark warning down to the Hunter Biden legal team and to the advocates for Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and of course, just the larger Democratic liberal movement. Don't intimidate witnesses, he said. While he was delivering that message a few doors down in the Capitol, the House Ways and Means Committee, led by Chairman Jason Smith, delivered a similar message. First, by accepting an IRS agent who's now a whistleblower, an IRS agent who alleges that the Biden Justice Department in the form of two political appointees have blocked for some time criminal charges being filed against Hunter Biden. Well, the House Ways and Means Committee, in order for that whistleblower to talk about tax-sensitive matters, privacy-protected matters involving tax. The House Ways and Means Committee had to send a letter saying, we authorize you to come in. Yes, you may tell us about the tax implications that are normally sealed. We want to know it matters. That letter got transmitted yesterday, but then a more important message got transmitted. Chairman Jason Smith just happened on the Ways and Means Committee to have the IRS chief before Congress, and he did not mince words. He basically told the IRS chief, listen, we want your cooperation in the Hunter Biden investigation, but even more importantly, we expect you to make sure that this IRS whistleblower, now that he's cooperating with us, does not experience retaliation, reprisal. Do not let it happen. Two chairmen, a few doors down in the Capitol, delivered a message. The intimidation, reprisals, retaliation will not be tolerated any longer in the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden scandal. Remember how much censorship and shaming has gone on over the years? I got called a conspiracy theorist, even though I was right about everything about Hunter Biden. We were told that the laptop was rushing disinformation. Republicans are not going to tolerate any more of that. And they put everybody in the Hunter Biden world on notice about that yesterday, in addition to taking a very important step, opening that door for that whistleblower to come forward, not only with testimony, but with documents that could authenticate his testimony. That is a big news story, just one of many things that are out there. Now, a second piece of that debate also focuses on did the Justice Department too narrowly construe what they're looking at Hunter Biden about? And there's growing concern that what they're talking about as charges, what the meeting was about earlier this week between Hunter Biden's lawyer and the Justice Department, is a very narrow tax violation involving you know, 10, 20, 30, $40,000 of expenses from 2018, when in fact, sitting in plain view for the American people, 
are emails from 2017 saying Hunter Biden hadn't been paying taxes on $400,000 in income he got from Burisma, Burisma Holdings, that controversial Ukraine company, the thing that was at the center of the first Trump impeachment. Well, $400,000 is a much bigger tax issue than a few thousand dollars, and it's much earlier. And the question that a lot of people are asking is, did the Justice Department allow the statute of limitations? Did the Justice Department allow any tolling agreements, special agreements between lawyers and prosecutors to keep a matter open and not let the statute of limitations expire until a resolution could be agreed upon? That is a question a lot of people are asking, including Congressman James Comer, the chairman of the committee. All right. So I want to, as part of that, remind you of a document that we all broke here at Just the News a couple of years ago. Congress has it. The federal prosecutors, the FBI, the IRS has this document. It's a very important document and one I think that we should not underestimate its importance to the thing because we were told when we impeached President Trump in 2019, the House impeached him in 2020 when the laptop came out, anything about Burisma, there was no wrongdoing. It's a conspiracy theory. John Solomon had it wrong. Republicans had it wrong. Well, now, because of the work we've done, because of the FOIAs we got, because of the laptop, because of the work that James Comer, Jim Jordan, Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley have done, we have this email. And I just want to read it to you. It's a very important email. It's dated on or about January 16th, 2017. It comes from Eric Schwerin, a business partner to Hunter Biden and a confidant to Joe Biden. So he's between son and father in the Biden family. And he's now cooperating with James Comer's probe, according to James Comer. Here it is. An email, January 16th, 2017, just before Donald Trump takes over as president. Hey, Hunter, in 2014, you joined the Brisbane board, and we still need to amend your 2014 returns. By the way, that's three years later. To reflect the unreported Burisma income. That's a Ukraine company. That is approximately $400,000 extra. So your income was much closer to $1.2 million instead of the $800,000 that had been reported. That is a really significant letter. And the question is, if there's $400,000 that wasn't paid for years from Burisma, place where we went through impeachment, that we went through fake claims of Russian disinformation in Ukraine, why isn't that on the table with Justice Department and prosecutors? That's a question a lot of people are asking. And James Comer, you will hear him address that in the weekend podcast that I'm going to put out. So, all right, that gets you up to speed on all things Hunter Biden, because it was a very impactful, meaningful week for Hunter Biden allegations, investigations, and recriminations. And so we're glad to get you up to speed on that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Congressman Ben Klein from Virginia, key member of the House Judiciary Committee, coming up right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean, L-E-A-N.com. 
Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As we've been talking about all week, for the first time, really, since uh, when I first got to town in the 1990s in Washington, D.C., Congress has taken a serious step towards reducing the size of government, reducing the insane amounts of taxpayers' money into the economy, into debt. It is a real historic moment. The Republicans did it in spite predictions of the media. It would not happen. Well, our next guest, he not only was an important part of the block of Republicans who got that debt ceiling legislation passed, he's also one of the leaders of an effort to get rid of one of the first federal offices. There are going to be many more probably by the time Republicans are done, but he's actually putting a down payment on reducing our government size by targeting superfluous, useless federal agencies. Joining us right now from my home state, the great state of Virginia, Congressman Ben Klein. Congressman, great to have you on the show. John, great to be with you. This was a big week and a four-month run where over and over again, House Republicans have defied the media's dire predictions, the Democrats' tripwires. A House led by Kevin McCarthy and Republicans are really oaring in the same direction. How important was it to get this debt bill passed and, and get a blueprint to the American people of how we shrink government? Well, it is important to demonstrate to the people that the Republican majority that they elected in November can lead and can set an agenda that reflects their priorities of smaller government and less waste, less spending. And that's what we've uh, done. We've leveraged the power of the purse once again, where uh, all of the Pelosi debt that has been racked up over the last two years, uh, you know, the debt ceiling has to be increased to accommodate that wasteful spending. But to do that, we're not going to just continue down the road of accumulating more and more debt. We're going to actually leverage that and say, well, we have to get changes to the way government operates. And those changes are in this deal where we roll back to, instead of FY24, which is what we're in now, fiscal year 24, we're going to go back to fiscal year 22 and uh, use those levels of spending and only allow for a 1% increase every year. Now, some might be higher and some might be lower than FY22, depending on our priorities, defense is going to see a little more of an increase because uh, defense is a priority for Republicans, while all the woke and wasteful weaponized spending that's been done over the last couple of years is going to be uh, rolled back and eliminated. And so we're looking forward to appropriation season, budget season, which is coming up this summer, to actually put that into practice 
uh, along with all of the other reforms that are in this debt ceiling increase. Yeah, it's, it is pretty remarkable. One of the things that is, I think, exciting while this is going on and you're beginning to reshape government, shrink government, get debt down, get that overly taxed credit card back to a reasonable point, there's also a bipartisan effort to get China out of our supply chain, to take away some of the improper advantages that the Biden administration Democrats have given in the clean energy bills to communist China yesterday, legislation that, uh, or actually it's actually, I think today, actually a legislation that was passed uh, where that communist China's solar manufacturers are, can't circumvent tariffs anymore to be in our economy. That's a very important moment. It puts America on even footing, takes away an advantage China had. How important is that? Well, it is so important that we actually stand up to China. You know, we had uh, the DEA, in appropriations yesterday, and and she was talking about how uh, the precursors to fentanyl, fentanyl's being being compiled in Mexico, but the precursors come from China, and that we're not taking a strong enough stand against China and against Mexico uh, through our trade laws and policies to uh, actually stop it. And uh, this is just more example of the, the weak Biden administration capitulating to China. We saw that today with these solar panels. Uh, and, and trying to uh, freeze tariffs uh, against China for flooding the market with these solar panels. Try, we're trying to bring industry back home, and Joe Biden is happy to continue to uh, cut these shady deals with China, uh, whether through his uh, family businesses or through his uh, domestic policy. Uh, it's, it's really shameful, and uh, we're going to do our best to stop it. It's pretty remarkable, and I think one of the most under- written under appreciated moments in the first four months of Republican rule of the House is how many times Democrats have crossed over when it comes to China. It looks like Nancy Pelosi had her thumb on the Democrats and they couldn't tell us how much they were worried about China until Kevin McCarthy and you guys got in charge. But you get a sense, at least on some of these pieces of legislation, Democrats are beginning to appreciate China does pose a real threat and we can't just sit there and let it keep going on. Have you been surprised at the crossover that's occurred on some of the big things like TikTok and the committee itself, the special committee on China? No, I think that it's been clear for years uh, the threat that China poses to American sovereignty and American national security. And uh, it's been incidents like the drones, the the balloons uh, that have come across that are just impossible to ignore on the part of Democrats who want to continue this, uh, you know, this uh, behind the scenes relationship with China. And they and they even are coming to realize that China does not have our best interests at heart. They uh, long term are a threat to us and we need to treat them as such. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So we have an alphabet soup government. We all know that it's always all these agencies that have acronyms and nobody knows what they do. You've taken the first step, maybe the first person in Congress to say, you know what, we're going to get rid of one of these agencies. We're going to defund an agency. We're going to show you the power of the purse. Tell us about your legislation, which, by the way, I think you tried to do this last year, too. Federal Insurance Office. What are we going to do to that? Well, you know, these agencies have been popping up for years. And when Dodd-Frank was passed by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and, and the Democrats 10 years ago, they put in place this overarching agency called the Federal Insurance Office. Now, insurance is a, is a product that is regulated for the most part at the state level. And it's not uh, supposed to be 
micromanaged by these overarching federal agencies. And so uh, this agency really was uh, without a purpose for, for many years until Joe Biden and his cronies got in there and said, well, let's weaponize uh, the bureaucracy to implement this woke Green New Deal agenda, and we'll use uh, this regulation of insurance and, and the FIO to oversee how green our insurance uh, products are across the country. And so really just interfering in the marketplace, um, requiring these same types of ESG-type uh, regs that are scoring insurance products and and uh, it came in, in from an executive order that Joe Biden uh, put in place that orders government to disclose climate-related financial risk with the goal of creating a net zero emissions economy by 2050. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all part of the same game for him. Um, more regulations, more interference in the marketplace, less freedom for people, more expensive products for the American consumers. And that we need to uh, why we need power of the states for the 10th amendment yeah no doubt about it there's no doubt in moments like yesterday when you reintroduced the bill really important to the american people they're now seeing that it isn't just a promise on a campaign pledge it's actually legislation in action and yesterday some so many good examples of that uh, rolling through the house i mean there's so many things getting through the house quickly uh, people are seeing what happens when you make congressmen come back to work no more proxy votes all of a sudden work's getting done in under republican rule it's pretty amazing to see that's right that's right and that's just the first you know it's just one example i mean there are a million examples out there and and you can say well it's it, it's uh just one but but you got to start somewhere and uh so we'll, we'll start with some of the most obvious agencies getting rid of those and and you'll see in the appropriations bills if we can't pass legislation to eliminate the agency, we can at least take away their funding. Of course. There's no doubt about it. The power of defunding is so, so important. So there is another big issue, and I loved your line of questioning on this yesterday. I played a big role in reporting out a lot of the failures in the FBI investigation with the Steele dossier, the Russia collusion hoax, Sarah Carter and I, Sean Haney, others. We worked a lot on that. And despite all we exposed a few years ago, Section 702 still got renewed again without the sort of reforms you made really clear yesterday in the hearing how important it is to really reassert the Fourth Amendment rights of law-abiding Americans, protect them from a unnecessarily snooping or politicized process if the FBI uses it. Section 702 is not going to get rubber stamped this time, is it? No, absolutely not. It's, it's scheduled to expire in December, and there are members of the Judiciary Committee uh, who want to see it expire completely and don't think that uh, the FBI can be trusted to uh, keep its hands out of the 702 process and, and leave it to uh, the CIA and, and the focus on what, what it was originally focused on, which was uh, foreign soil and foreign-based uh, terrorism searches and, and fights. Uh, they just can't help themselves, and that, and that may be true. Uh, others want to try and reform the 702 process to say that uh, um, that domestic entities like the FBI can't take advantage of it, that it's only for, for CIA and not to let it expire, but to put guardrails around it. Um, others want to reauthorize it uh, as it is, and, and that's a, a shrinking number given the abuses that have occurred. But we're having a good conversation, and uh, I, I would expect you're going to see legislation here soon. There are a lot of us on judiciary who uh, who 
put the Fourth Amendment uh, protections for Americans first, uh, and and we want to make sure that legislation to, if it does reauthorize 702, uh, it does protect those rights first. Yeah, so important. A lot of interesting ideas out there, too. Some of your colleagues uh, from the House Intelligence Committee have come on in recent days, Austin Scott among them, Congressman Stewart from Utah saying, hey, you know, maybe we're going to put an advocate there who secretly represents the interest of people who don't know that they're being litigated before the FISA court. But there's a lot of innovation being discussed with this. And you really, with yesterday's hearing, I thought laid out why it's so important that we fix this for the the trust that Americans need to have in our justice system. We have big legislation, uh, Congressman Stiles working on election integrity reform and getting Americans' confidence back in the election system. I think looking out over the horizon, when I talk to members, uh, it seems to me that immigration reform going to be the next big, exciting thing, some fresh ideas. It looks like that's on the horizon. Tell us what you expect to happen there and what could potentially come of it. What, what could be some of the best ideas to tightening up a border that Joe Biden has turned into a circus? Yeah, so now that we've gotten the debt ceiling uh, issue across the finish line and over to the Senate, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see if the Senate can, can pass anything. Uh, the president's still not coming to the table to talk about how to secure our nation's credit worthiness. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to be acting on immigration. Securing the border is one of the promises that Republicans made and, and voters uh, voted for when they delivered us the House last fall. So we're going to be uh, passing two bills that may be combined into one. The first comes out of the Homeland Security Committee, which deals with uh, actual physical barriers and securing the border. Yes, building the wall, but also technology, the different towers that need uh, the cameras, the infrared all of the different ways that we can secure the border. And then uh, the Judiciary Committee once again uh, went through a late-night markup to pass legislation to reform our asylum laws, to reform uh, the the Remain in Mexico policy, to say that if you're going to come into this country illegally, uh, you're not going to be given uh, parole, you're not going to be released into the interior of the country, you're going to be given the opportunity. If you ask for asylum, you're going to be returned to Mexico or your country of origin to wait it out. And during that time, uh, if you don't want to be returned, you can remain in custody, but you don't get to be released into the interior of the country. And uh, also, if you're uh, skipping through countries on the way to the United States from your country of origin, you can only ask for asylum in the country next to yours. You can't ask, you can't go through three countries uh, and then get to the United States and say, oh, I choose the United States. That's the one I want to ask for asylum in, um, because that's not the purpose for asylum. Such a great point. And, you know, the funny thing about that, too, I don't think a lot of people appreciate this, but there's a humanitarian nature to that approach, which is you're shortening the journey that some of these people take at the treacherous hands of of the cartels who are basically the primary human traffickers for this whole operation now. This whole process that you guys are putting in simplifies it, makes the journey simpler, and also takes, for people who have no chance, there, there's no reason to even do it. That actually is going to have a humanitarian effect on some of the things that Biden is allowed to go the traffic of, of children that you guys exposed so eloquently with that whistleblower in the hearing earlier this week. That part gets often missed. The Biden administration doesn't want to talk about the humanitarian toll that their policies have created, but Republicans are getting pretty good now at highlighting that, aren't they? 
Absolutely. I mean, this administration is essentially complicit in the trafficking of minors because of these open border policies that are resulting in uh, minors being moved by the cartels uh, up through the United States and, and to uh, trafficking targets here in this country. And, and we need to stop that incentive and stop those policies that are making it profitable for the cartels to move the trafficking and human trafficking, sex trafficking, minors, um, in addition to the fentanyl and the drugs that, they're, that they've been trafficking. So uh, we need to cut off their, their monetary supplies. We, need to, uh, we do need to support enforcement of our, of our drug laws and, and our human trafficking laws, um, empower law enforcement to, uh, to hold them and to deport them and to move them back across the border uh, while if they're seeking asylum while they wait and otherwise setting up opportunities for them to request asylum back in their home countries because if they could go down to their local embassy u.s embassy in their country and say i want to request asylum and i will wait here in my country while my my request is is processed uh, that's another opportunity that we could create for them uh, that will keep them from making that that harrowing journey to our border yeah, so, so true. So very important. As you go back out and you escape the Beltway, I just want to ask this question. It's so interesting. For the last couple of years, there seemed to be a disconnect between what people in the real world were talking and pleading and hoping Washington would deal with and what Washington was talking about. The last few months, it seems like those very disparate radio channels have synced that Republicans are actually talking about what Americans are talking about at the dinner table, at the, at the work table. How important is it that the conversation has turned to what Americans want and not what some elitists in Washington were throwing uh, in their way in the last few years? Well, hopefully it's renewing the faith, at least the confidence uh, for the time being in uh, the leadership that we have and, and the Republicans uh, fighting for the things that people around their dinner table are talking about. And we told Kevin McCarthy, those of us in the Freedom Caucus, so, uh, when uh, we agreed to support him for speaker, that uh, as long as uh, his speakership was not just a, a repeat of the speakership of Dennis Astor, the speakership of John Boehner, the speakership of Paul Ryan, um, he will have our support in moving in a conservative direction. But if he if, it, if his speakership starts to look like past failed Republican uh, light leadership speakerships, uh, then uh, it will be a short-lived, uh, short-lived speakership. So um, we're optimistic now. He seems to be uh, advocating for the policies that, that those of us on the right have wanted for a long time, and we'll hopefully keep seeing that happen. Uh, in the months and years come. Yeah, I think he's going to be a surprise speaker. I think a lot of people had low expectations and now they're saying, oh, maybe we've underestimated this entire team that's running Congress right now. And I think that that's going to be a dynamic to watch. A lot of tough battles ahead, but the early navigations have scored some big wins that I don't think anyone in the media or even the Democrats, Democrats are a little worried right now that Joe Biden's in a more defensive posture on the debt ceiling because of the way you guys maneuvered. That's an interesting dynamic I haven't seen in the earlier debt ceiling battles that have hit Washington. So fascinating work. Congressman, always an honor to have you on. We always get a great update and uh, we come out a lot smarter. So thanks for joining us today. Don, great to talk to you. Take care.
You as well, sir. Have a great weekend. All right, folks, when we come back from the break, Ron Nehring, former GOP chairman for the state of California and one of the true experts on Ukraine policy. He does what Joe Biden can't do. He articulates the American interest in Eastern Europe, in Russia, in Ukraine, and how a definition of victory in that war should be defined for the American interest. You're going to not want to miss that. Uh, it's been missing in Washington. Ron Nehring is going to give it to us right after this commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. A few days ago, we had our next guest on our television show. He did such a great job. I want to have a little bit longer conversation with him. He's the former chairman of the California Republican State Party and one of the most important voices on Ukraine. He helps represent a group called Ukraine Strong. Joining us right now, Ron Nearing. Ron, great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you. 
Before we get started with uh, Ukraine, because I want to spend most of the time talking about some really dramatic developments and getting people educated on what the U.S. interest is. California politics, Joe Biden gets in. What happens to all the ambitions that your current governor might have to get into presidential politics? Has he been put on ice by Joe Biden? I think so. I, I think that certainly every day, Gavin Newsom, knowing how much of a of a political creature he is, uh, you know, he's going to be carefully watching every stumble, uh, you know, every misstep that Joe Biden makes, in the hopes that between now and the close of the Democratic convention, uh, that an opportunity presents itself. You know, he's termed out as California governor. He has nothing but politics uh, in his uh, coursing through his veins, and and he would like to be president. So. Uh, I suspect that given Joe Biden's age, he's probably, you know, looking for an opportunity between now and the and the Democratic convention. Yeah, the political equivalent of the banana peel slip, right? That's what he's looking for. He's wants to see yeah, if that's something. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's that's a, a good good straight analysis from someone who knows. You're right there on the ground in in California. There is so much to talk about. First, I'll just talk about Ukraine strong. What is the group? How did you become involved? Why it's important to the dialogue today? Yeah, so Ukraine Strong is a is a new organization that's come together uh, to uh, to help ensure uh, that uh, that America's interests are served by rolling back, uh, you know, Russia's invasion of of Ukraine because of the amount of the destabilization that that creates and the terrible lessons that would uh, come out of a, a Russian win if if Russia is able to succeed uh, in its war of aggression against its neighbor, it will establish a blueprint to do that over and over and over again, which is what the polls understand and the and uh, the the folks in the Baltic states understand is that this will not be the end of it. It will be the beginning of it uh, if Russia uh, is able to establish that as a as a template. Yeah, you articulate it so much better than Joe Biden. I think one of the challenges that the Biden administration has is while they're doing what I think a lot of Americans think is the right thing, they haven't been able to articulate the American interest, which every president since FDR and Truman and Eisenhower all the way through, they always foreign policy decisions start. Here's our interest in this, and this is why we're going to do what we're doing. You did it in, in a few seconds, but Joe Biden hasn't been able to do really in 15 months. How big a problem is it that the Biden administration can't really articulate in a cogent way why we need to do this, why this is in the interest of the United States? Well, I, I, first, it, we have to be able to distinguish between whether or not we like Joe Biden uh, and whether or not the U.S. approach in supporting Ukraine is, is the right is the right thing. So we, we have to be able to separate that out. So Joe Biden has not been the most articulate, the most persuasive, the most communicative uh, on this question or anything else. He has not done a great deal of uh, media interviews, for example, which even some people uh, in legacy media have complaining, uh, complained about and so on. In terms of the U.S. policy, if there's any one complaint that we can make about Biden's policy is that he's been too timid. Uh, he should have been stronger in terms of uh, providing deterrence for Russia to take these actions in the first place. When it comes to Taiwan, for example, the number one tool that we have is deterrence. So if uh, by failing to engage uh, the, the full spectrum of American uh, power and tools to, de to deter this invasion in the first place, an opportunity was missed. That being said... Um, it, it's, it, it is a challenge when you're in a polarized political environment. We have to get beyond that and put America's interests and the interests of that of our allies first. And that is that we have a common interest here. And that is that we cannot allow Russia through this war of aggression to establish a new playbook where it is rewarded for invading its neighbors. 
Uh, that sets a terrible precedent. It would be a dramatic change from the relative stability and peace we've had since NATO was formed. Even throughout throughout the, the Cold War, you had stability. Uh, and now Russia is doing things that not even the Soviet Union uh, you know, got away with doing. Uh, and, and that would set a terrible precedent. So in order to prevent future military conflict, in order to preserve peace and stability, Russia has to learn the lesson that it cannot profit from this uh, or else it will just be repeated uh, endlessly. And and Joe Biden is not the most articulate guy in the world in order to convey that. Uh, there are shortcomings in terms of his approach. It should have been tougher. Uh, but that that calls for foreign policy conservatives, Reaganites, people who believe in Reagan's vision of peace through strength, uh, not peace through capitulation, uh, to step up, make sure that our voice is heard, and that America does what needs to be done in order to preserve future stability by helping Ukraine push back against this invasion. Yeah, and for those who haven't studied Putin the way I have and others, I wrote a whole book that touched on Putin's ambitions and his use of geopolitical energy as a weapon in the European content. He really does want to reconstitute a Russian empire not necessarily wants to be a world superpower, but he wants to make sure he dominates the whole region. And that's why he dipped into Georgia back in 2008 and twice dipped into Ukraine with offensives 2014 and 2022. So he has this ambition that the way he's going to save Russia is by creating this sort of extended motherland and buffer around there. And that puts everybody within that buffer zone in danger. That hasn't been articulated very well, but that's really those who study Putin realize that's really his long term goal here. He wants that he wants to extend the ring of Russia quite a bit. Do you think if more Americans understood that, that it would make more sense why pushing them out of Ukraine is so essential? Sure. And look, Americans are busy, uh, you know, in, in challenging times. Um, we can't expect, uh, you know, every American to, you know, delve into, uh, you know, the, the depths of, of all of these geopolitical issues. But it is important. Uh, and it, it is important to ensure that we we prevent future conflict by making sure the lesson is is uh, is firmly learned here. Look, the reality that Vladimir Putin has to deal with is that nobody wants to be in his club. Nobody volunteers to sign up. Hey, I want to be in the Russia club. I want to be in Vladimir Putin's club. Everybody wants to be in the American club. People want freedom and liberty and democracy and free markets and free enterprise. The world has made that clear. The only reason somebody signs up to say, no, 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 we don't want to be with that. We want to be with, you know, we want to be with the Russians is because they're either coerced or they get invaded or so on because the Russian system is terrible. 20% of Russians don't even have indoor plumbing. Their economy is in the tank. You know, Russia is a backward nation that is shrinking uh, and, uh, and, and is not moving forward while the United States, Western Europe, and our allies like Japan, South Korea, et cetera, we're moving forward. Economy's growing, standard of living improving, and, and so on. Nobody wants to be in Russia's club. And yet that is why they resort to invading other people or intimidating or playing these geopolitical games in order to try to accrete people and countries and so on into their sphere of influence. Vladimir Putin, as you know, when he reflected on the 20th century, said the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was not the Holocaust, it was not World War II, but it was the dissolution of the Soviet empire. And the reality is that American conservatives, we cheered the collapse of the Soviet empire, the defeat of the Soviet empire. And yet, just like a, out of a Star Wars movie, uh, you know, the bad guys are rising again, and Moscow again wants to 
dominate people, uh, people and countries around it who don't want to be with them, who don't want to be part of Russia's club. They want to be with us. They want to be with America. They want to be with the West. Uh, and they want to have their liberties pr- uh, uh, preserved and protected and, and have their people be free. And that's not what Russia is about. Yeah, such a great point. So important that people remind that, have that contextual and historical context of where we are. There are some on the conservative side in, in the Republican Party where you are that think that this isn't our fight and that we ought to withdraw all of our funding. Obviously, we're too far into this to withdraw our funding, but you had a pretty important response to that, to that mindset. And I understand the reason why we got lots of fiscal problems here in the United States and people are looking for ways to cut expending. But your response when people want to say, let's move back and pull back entirely, you had a very powerful response. Tell people what that was. Yeah. So a a couple of things. Number one is that um, uh, it is very much in America's interest to ensure that Russia does not walk away from this invasion with a playbook for how it can successfully invade kill people, uh, uh, and take over uh, its neighbors. If it succeeds in Ukraine, it will have a template to do that for the future, which makes future military conflict much more likely. Uh, What we have to do is restore deterrence. We have to make sure that dictators around the world know that they cannot profit by invading their neighbors. Uh, and, uh, and, And that is for sure. There are a handful of people, they can't come out and say, that they want Russia to win or, or whatever. So they come out and say, no, 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 I just want to cut off any American military support for Ukraine. Well, that is the equivalent of saying that, well, uh, we think that Ukraine should give land uh, to, uh, to Russia as a condition of peace, which of course means that they'll be forced into trade after trade after trade. This is the equivalent of saying, what if China detonated an EMP device and, and invaded and took over uh, part of the United States? If China did that and literally occupied the continental United States, not just Hawaii and Alaska, but the the lower 48, would we really uh, believe that, well, we should just give away part of American sovereign territory in order to buy peace? No American conservative would support that. We would insist that our allies support America to push that back and to protect American sovereignty and the liberty of those Americans who live in those places. And the exact same is true uh, in, uh, in Ukraine. Every square inch that Russia has invaded and occupied needs to be reclaimed, uh, and they need to learn the lesson, the Russians need to learn the lesson, and the Chinese who are watching them, that you cannot just launch a military attack, count on the West to be weak, uh, and succeed and profit by that. Yeah. That's uh, putting ourselves in those shoes. It makes it a lot more understandable, doesn't it? When you think, how would it apply to us? And then all of a sudden, oh, now I get what we're saying. I want to ask about China because China has been scratching at Eastern Europe for quite some time. And quite frankly, Western Europe, making friends, insinuating itself in relationships that exclusively had been those of the American predominance for years. And even a reach out to Zelensky in the last few days from the Chinese president. Can you give us a little sense of what's going on and why China feels so emboldened to do this? What has America not done that opened the door for China to play in really our backfield of NATO? Yeah, well, so it's important to to see that China's economy, its it's growing economy, its trading relationships around the world, uh, and it has been met with increasing military ambitions uh, around the world as well. So they're playing in places where traditionally they would have uh, where, where they would not. 
They have a relationship with the Russians. They are the dominant partner in that relationship. Vladimir Putin needs China far more than China needs needs Vladimir Putin. And I think the Chinese see an opportunity for a play uh, where they can be seen as part of the, quote, solution uh, rather than part of the problem. Uh, Russia upsets the Chinese apple cart to a degree at the same time uh, because it, war contrary to the conventional wisdom that, you know, war is good for business, war is actually bad for business because instability interferes with trade. It interferes with the ability to uh, engage in new economic relationships. Uh, It increases risk uh, and the financial markets don't like risk. They want stability. And so Russia, by launching this, this invasion kind of upsets that. But I think the Chinese see, see a, a potential play here, uh, in uh, you know, w- with with respect to this this conflict, they've been pretty astute so far in terms of not providing the Russians, at least above the table, with the weaponry that they're looking for. Russia has a severe ammunition and weapons shortage because this war has gone sideways for them, and the Russians would like some relief from the Chinese. But at least above the table, we haven't seen that yet. It's pretty interesting to look at the dynamic. And China really doesn't have a long-term interest in a strong Russia. It's kind of playing here because it probably antagonizes the United States a little bit. But, you know, even things like food supplies have been disrupted because Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. And all of that creates some heartburn for China. So China has an interest in getting a negotiated settlement, perhaps much more quicker than Russia would have an interest in that because their economic plan gets disrupted by this. Is that what's motivating maybe these overtures right now? Yeah, I think I, I think so. Um, certainly, look, it, Chinese pressure is not going to be onto Russia to uh, you know to um, uh, to give up the land that it's uh, illegally seized and annexed so far. The Chinese pressure is going to be on the on against the on the Ukrainian side to make con- territorial concessions to Russia, uh, you know, ultimately, and that's not in America's interest. That is not in the interest of. Uh, of American values or in the in the stability that we have helped to create in the and drive in the post World War II era, uh, so we have to you know be, I would be very cautious about what the Chinese role will be here. We have to watch them very carefully. You can you can bet that uh, that we are with the full range of our intelligence assets in terms of signal intelligence and, uh, and other uh, means of uh, of surveillance. Look, we have we have. All of Ukraine, including the Russian-occupied ter- areas, under constant surveillance, looking for uh, what uh, what the various players may be uh, involved with here. That's part of the reason why uh, Ukraine and, and allies have been successful in interdicting, for example, Iranian weapons shipments that that uh, going into uh, into that area. Look, Russia is in league with all the worst actors in the world right now. They're in league with the Iranians to provide drones. They're in league with the Chinese to a degree in terms of skirting uh, these um, uh, the economic sanctions which are out there. By the way, China's also gotten a great deal on energy out of this because the value of Russian energy has dropped. So they're buying Russian energy, which the West refused to buy, but they're buying it at a steep discount. So there are economic incentives here where the Chinese are clearly taking advantage of the Russians uh, and uh, in order to get some uh, cheap energy while it lasts. Scratch my back, you'll scratch my back. That's how uh, China and Russia are playing ball right now. And it's interesting to watch it, watch it go on. 
Ron, this is so good. This is the sort of education. I think people hear two extremes. We got to be all in. We can't do anything. This is not our war. When people get to uh, this great understanding of the geopolitical interests of the United States here, some of our policies make more sense. More sense, certainly, than the White House has helped us to understand it as a country. So what a great honor to have you on and to get this great thing. We're going we're to keep you on speed dial because this uh, Ukraine war isn't going away anytime fast. So we'll make sure to get you back on real soon. Anytime. Look forward to it. Thank you, sir. Great honor to have you on. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So glad you can join us. A big, big week. A lot of news. I hope to have more news next week. We'll be breaking some more stories. But until then, may God bless you. May God bless this incredible country. Have a great weekend. We have super Saturday and Sunday editions coming up all weekend long. So stay tuned to us. We'll have a great weekend of food for thought for you. All right, that wraps it up. Have a good night. Talk to you tomorrow. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.